Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Aloha. Julianne here. Sandera and I are over the moon excited to share our conversation with deck creator, artist, and magic maker, Chris Ann. You might know her from her wildly cool, The Lightseekers Tarot. In this episode, we discuss her brand new deck, The Tarot of Curious Creatures. With their illuminating conversations and grounded wisdom, the curious and quirky characters in this 78 plus one deck are a strangely familiar twist on the traditional tarot. And we think you're gonna love it. Enjoy. Aloha, hello, Chrisanne. Hi, how are you? It's so nice to be here. I know, we're very, very excited. Sundara and I are both here together in our Zoom universe with you um, across three time zones. So it's my morning, your afternoon, and you're still morning, Sundara. That's right. Good morning from over here on the Pacific. (laughs) (laughs) Time is an abstract concept. So yes, we're both really, really excited to meet you. We have a copy of your new deck, which we'll be talking about. Um, Chrisanne, you have made something utterly delightful, the tarot of curious creatures. And what Sundar and I were discussing how much we love this deck for reals. And one of the things that is a little bit different, there's a handful of things that are really different about your deck, other than the fact that they're all animals. Um, You have a guide at the beginning where we work with the deck first thing, you figure out who your guide is. Do you mind sort of sharing with our listeners what that process is? And then Sundar and I will talk about what we picked and what that process was like for us. Absolutely. I, with this deck, I, you know, this happened partway through the creation process. I often will, when I'm creating a deck, I want to do a little bit of path working with it. I want to get to know the creatures a little bit more. In this case, they were creatures, the characters, the, you know, the landscapes of the deck. And I realized partway through that this deck was going to be really unique for path working for me. And I was hoping it would be really unique for path working for other people as well, because with the these kind of human animals where they're human bodies and animal heads, they had different gestures that they could do than the regular animals could do because they could give you a high five or, you know, because they've got their human bodies and their animal heads. But then they had this sort of innate animal wisdom that I wasn't expecting. When I was creating the deck, I really expected it to be just quirky and fun and kind of playful. And I didn't realize that it was going to be the tool that it became as far as going a little bit deeper and getting wisdom in a different way. So I had to write up front in the guidebook, write in, okay, you need to pick your guide. And what that process is, is really similar to um, if anyone that's listening has gone through and chosen like their light and their shadow card and the light seers where you kind of go through and you look at the card. It's similar where I, where I want people to connect with the deck. I hope that they'll connect with the deck in this way that they go through it and they actually kind of face up, take a peek at all of the cards and just see which one calls out to them, you know, which one calls to your soul, which one is like making you curious and making you want to flip the page to the guidebook and making you want to know a little bit more, you know, they just kind of, they're calling to you. And that particular card then is 
the guide. It's your guide in the deck. And then my thinking on it is that when your guide shows up after you've had this connection with your guide, that it's just a little bit of an extra special sauce, a little extra something, something in the reading because it's there and you have a, a stronger connection with it. If you've done your, if you've gone through the process and gotten to know that guide and done a little bit of mind's eye conversation and path working, then all of a sudden there's just this little friend in the deck that has a little bit of extra meaning. How many people have bought tarot decks because they like the imagery and then it sits on the shelf for ages and ages and ages and they never form that bond. And I feel like I, it, I, that could have happened to me with this deck, but because of this process, I feel immediately bonded with the images in this tarot card. And I want to get to know all of the characters. <laughs> so, it, it, and it was, it was hard for me to pick my, my guide because there were so many possibilities. Um, I managed to narrow it down to two. <laughs> but um, what about you, Julianne? What was your experience uh, ch choosing the guide and how that helped you relate with the deck? It was so much it was a lot of fun and the way you explained it was exactly the way I would do it um and I like the way you kind of you're already in the guidebook you're talking like the first person the guide is talking to you and it's 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 adorable but it's exactly the way I wanted to feel and so the process was easy I mean I went through I, I did an unboxing video as soon as we got the decks um, and so there were already a few that I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I, in taking the time to look at everything, I was pretty quick. It's just like, yes, no, yes, no, you know, smaller and smaller piles. And then I just, I really tried to not look at what the card was. Like I tried in my mind's eye to just erase the name of the card or the number of the card, um, because I didn't want to pick something because I know what it means. And that's totally. what I want. I know that's important. And that's an exercise in and of itself but I wanted to really commune with the images on the card. And so I ended up with like three and then I just did a quick glance. I looked away, I glanced and I'm done. That is it. That is the one. And then I realized some of the imagery in the card just really spoke to me on second thought. You know, the first glance, I didn't see it, but on second thought, I'm like, ah, perfect. And that is it. And then it ended up being like a really sweet card too. I'm like, who wouldn't pick that one? But, um, Shall I'm I so reveal? I'm so curious. Should I reveal? <laughs> curious. We're curious. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, the Queen of Cups. Queen of Cups. I know it is. It, it felt <laughs> felt like, of course, I would pick that one. But just Julianne, innate. What? Will you, um, for our listeners, would you just describe it? I will yes. describe it. I was going to yeah. do that. So, uh, the Queen of Cups is very much an innately feminine card the animal is a seal a beautiful feminine seal she is wearing a crown she's sitting in a beautiful golden chair um, over her blue dress she has a net sort of covering um, her part of her dress she's wearing a starfish necklace and then something that really caught my eye is there's almost draped above her uh what would you call them not pennants but there's a string and the string is strung with starfish and stones and uh, ocean wood. And that immediately reminded me of a rosary or prayer beads. And something that I also make are rosaries and prayer beads. So, and then of course, you know, it's love. There's a little oyster with a pearl and she's just confident. 
and relaxed. And uh, in the card, the seal's head is kind of turned toward the side in profile, but it really looks like she's just listening. Mm. She's just sitting there. It says, you're in the chair next to her and she's turned her head and she's listening and she's got her beautiful goblet, red goblet in her lap. So this one really, really called to me. There were a bunch of others, but this one, I was like, yep, you're my guide. And we do have seals here. We have um, an endemic uh, monk seal in Hawaii. They're very, um, they're endangered and they're pretty rarely seen. I think I've only seen them in person maybe four times. Um, and it's a very special moment when you get to see a monk seal, especially in the water. So a lot of connection to my Irish uh, ancestry as well with seals and silkies. So it's a good one. I love one. this good because word. I can totally see that, see this in you. And I feel like if it comes up in a reading for me now, I'll be like, you know what? What would Julianne say right now? <laughs> <laughs> what would Julianne's guide say right now to me to my problem that i'm bringing to the card so um i i love this and we just interviewed uh someone who wrote a, a fictional book about you know the the each character is connected to a tarot card and you can actually call on that person in the in the deck and they come a lot you know they get transported or whatever and I've always resisted about having real people in the cards and I'm like, oh, it's all metaphorical. It's all archetypal, but I kind of love that personal element now. Like, you know, what would Julianne say right now? I want to have her in my heart <laughs> in, in a big part of my life. So this is very special, Julianne. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'll go ahead and share with you mine. So narrowed it down to two. I'm a Gemini. I'm just going to take dual liberties here but I got the, um, you get two guides two guides because uh, i feel like they're working together as a team um so i got the uh two of wands uh who is holding, so it's a cat woman and she has that one out too yeah you got that one out too it's so good um she holds two wands uh, or two sticks that I love sticks. I've played with them since I was a kid, but she's got the key and she's got the lock. And I feel like she's, she's uh, helping to make decisions. You know, when you don't know which one to choose, she's going to come forward and, and help you make that choice. And then the, I love the image of the pathway in the back going through the door. Um, she might be sometimes a little distracted away from her path because she's making decisions in the moment, but but I think eventually she's going to figure it out and, and that door is open for her. Um, and, and it, it also draws up that word of path, path working, uh, Chris Ann, which I don't strangely, I never knew this was a, like a synonym to active imagination. How did I not know this, Julianne? I guess I'm a dummy, but, um, I was too distracted looking at one of my sticks of life to <laughs> realize that path working was like the same thing. Um, but anyway, maybe we can talk about that. But the other the other card that I have chosen is the Queen of Swords. And Julianne knows about my love of owls and their connection to wisdom. Um, she's an air sign, swords, uh, Gemini once again, and she's wearing teal. That's my favorite color. And she just looks like, as opposed to the, the cat, she's seated and looking within and connecting to her uh, inner wisdom and purpose. 
and is a dreamer and and connected to all those images in her mind and her dreams and so I think she balances out really well that inner wisdom with the looking outward and uh, problem solving in real life which I feel like this cat is is pretty good at <laughs> so those were my two and how much fun I felt like really felt supported by them today um, as I uh, narrowed those down. You know, that um, the Queen of Swords, she was the one image in the deck when it, she was one of the first ones that I created, I would say the first maybe five. And, you know, when I start to create something, the first three or four images, like maybe it's not going to be a thing, you know, because you just kind mm -hmm. of start and yeah, we'll see where this goes. And I meander down the creation process, but it was the queen of swords, that owl and getting that card done. It was in that moment, you know, she was like the, yes, this is happening. Wow. This is going to be a deck. She was uh, something about the expression or, you know, and she, she really made me laugh a lot when I was creating her while well, she looks really serene, kind of sitting in her chair in the final image what you know finding different owl heads and what expressions I was going to use and uh because we went through this process I have an assistant we kind of look okay different photos and where are we, where are we going to pull the owl head from and and how is this going to work and this particular image I felt like she was so chatty the face I don't know she felt like just I, it, she made me laugh as this kind of very chatty air sign communicative queen of swords kind of like she was very royal and regal but at the same time like la 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 like she's just going on and <laughs> how did you know me Kristen? how did you know who i was uh but i i love that you're saying this reaction this authentic uh feeling you had of laughter when you saw the image because this is the first deck in my experience that i have looked at the images and just let out out you know laughter that is just coming oh. out of my being and and you know so many tarot cards are beautiful and meaningful and uh exploratory and extra you know extraordinary in so many ways but uh this deck is what made me laugh in the most joyous playful way <laughs> and oh, I, I was like it. i hope she's not offended that i'm <laughs> laughing at all of her cards but they they really opened that that part of me up which i just love <laughs> yay that that is that is everything i dream for this deck everything i dream for this deck is that it will allow us to be um playful in our pursuit of understanding ourselves you know and allow us to bring that laughter to this like sometimes very serious work and allow us yeah that was because i laughed a lot like I there's not a card that I didn't laugh at at some point you know like it's because they're ridiculous because they're animal heads on human bodies but somehow they work you know <laughs> they totally work and, and I'm actually curious so are some of them look like they're old photographs that have like what here is is a, and I love that it's not clear but like what here is photograph collage painting drawing like i don't even know so can you tell us a little bit about the the artwork and how it how it happened absolutely so i am a, a graphic designer by like trade you know that's what i studied in school and so it is a combination of all of the well not painting but it's a combination of photo collage and then digital painting which is why it's sort of ambiguous where on top you know where it doesn't look 100 percent like um, a photo collage because that 
photo collage tends to be quite flat. I've gone in, I've painted a lot of shadows and light, like highlights and things that needed to connect and added skin where I needed to add skin or like on this, the queen of cups seal, kind of putting the, the pattern mm -hmm. of the seal on the human arm. So there's a lot of painting on top of, it's, it's really a digital mixed media. It's beautiful and they really come off the card. Like every single one of them really are a doorway and there's a 3D effect to them. There's a lot of leaves that are coming in over the corners. Um, there's definitely a gestalt feeling to, to all of them. I, I brought out the seven of pentacles because um, he's a red squirrel. Also another favorite card, but he's leaning against the edge of the card. I love that. Like there's, it's very easy to relate to these cards. They're animals. You know, you have to take a step of the imagination, but um, you really can relate to them. It's just utterly delightful. And I think for people who have, they might have their go-to decks for certain things, but because as long as you've got the creative mind to, to talk with the human animal blend, um, that's the only sort of barrier. But if you get beyond that, they're so, you know, they're animals. There's no race, there's no religion. There's, they are animals. They are the animal part of us. So I think that makes them not only fun, but also really, you know, relatable and specific and neutral at the same time in a great way. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's, um, it was, you know, creating them and coming up with this, because I thought when I started, it was kind of a crazy idea, very different than anything I've ever created. I don't consider myself to be like, I'm really silly, but I'm not funny. You know what I mean? Like I have this very silly, playful humor and I do a lot of silly things that make people laugh, but it's not because I'm witty. Like there's a very, I have that kind of silly, playful humor. And so I don't consider myself a funny person. And I thought, I, I want to do this deck. Is it going to land in the right way? Or are people going to look at me like, what? <laughs> what is this deck that's so different from, from the other stuff that I've done? But, you know, I had my teenage nephews here in January of 2020 they they were visiting from Chile for the month so they came for our winter and we would go snowboarding together so there was all of this childlike youth energy in the house and just having them in the house and you know we what do you do with teenage boys we bought like packs of 100 stickers and like like put stickers on everything like just all of this really youthful stuff that that is not a normal part of my world we don't have kids and I think just having them here brought out that part of me even more and that's when the deck, that's when I started the deck, just sitting, yeah. we were actually watching something. I think they were, or we were around the TV. I think they were playing Nintendo with my husband or not Nintendo, um, PlayStation. And, you know, I was not really interested in what they were doing, but I wanted to be in the room. So I had my computer and I just started playing with this collage and it was the justice card. That was the first card that I did. And it was just from this moment of, I'm just playing. And then my nephew looked over and started laughing at the screen because he's like, you have this parrot head on this on 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 a body and what are you doing? And then I realized really quickly that I was just enjoying myself so much that I wanted more of that, you know? <laughs> and the title of the deck is the Tarot of Curious Creatures. So it could have been named all kinds of things, but the fact that they're, well, it's great alliteration, but the, the curious 
curiosity of the animals coming through in the cards. I, I felt that I did a reading this morning with these cards that really helped me with a um, personal ordeal. But um, one thing that I came to the cards with is that element of curiosity. Uh, and can you tell us about the importance of that? Because it must be really central to, you know, your approach to things that it would end up in the title and guide guide these guides to us. Well, curiosity for me is a value for sure, you know, just remaining childlike as far as what comes next and even childlike from the place of who am I, I am constantly giving myself permission to change my mind and to just kind of just a lifestyle, I guess, or to change my trajectory in the world. I am like right now I am studying part-time I'm studying. Well, it's actually part-time and a half. So um, I'm studying acupuncture, which I also studied eight years ago, which is, seems like it's such a strange thing because it has nothing, nothing to do, I'm doing air quotes here, with the work that I do, but I go back to school every eight years or so. That's just part of what I do. And I go back and I study something either that maybe seems unrelated, but in some shape or form that I just have this insatiable curiosity for life and things and how humans work and how our bodies work. And right now my curiosity is about the energy in the body. And so I want to go to school for that. And I seem to be on an eight year cycle where I'll go back to school every eight years or so. Don't necessarily work in the field that I'm studying, but I just, it's like I collect creative ingredients or I collect, it, they are ingredients because we can't, I can't create from the same all the time. So it's sort of forced growth, I suppose. So I am curious as a human <laughs> it's part of who i am but as far as the title that was actually not my first choice for a title and because i worked with a publishing company i worked with hay house they didn't love the title that i wanted and so we had we went back and forth a lot and i actually asked people in my community and i put it out to instagram and please help me with a name and tarot of curious creatures was one that kept coming up and it was always doing well when I asked people, you know, do you like this or that? And they would say 80% like the Tarot of Curious Creatures. And then I would not love it and say, well, what about this one? Because I kept hoping that they would choose a different name, but now I love the name. So it's yeah. funny the way that works. <laughs> do you mind sharing with us what your original title was? No, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, um, I wanted something familiar. And it was too abstract for um, marketing, I think, because just something familiar, because they felt like they were sort of familiars, but not. And it's sort of a familiar take on tarot, but not. It's kind of peculiar. And so something familiar felt like if poetic, I suppose. I like things mm -hmm. that sound kind of abstract and poetic, but you wouldn't know what it was if you heard about that right. deck. Yeah. So from Hay House was... 100% right, you know. And I feel like everything has its its extroverted title and maybe it's like secret inner title. And so it's really nice to hear what you had thought of first because I do feel that when I look at the cards, I feel something familiar. <laughs> and they have this like some of them have this storybook or fairy tale quality to them and that also was that I wanted that play on that. Mm -hmm. But it just it just wasn't the right title for for this but somewhere in the guidebook and i'm not sure where it is but i think it's either in the 
it, it does say something familiar is in there in, in some shape or form. <laughs> and I just want to thank you for your guidebook because it's, I think it's becoming more common, but this stopping and saying, okay, have your own direct relationship with the cards. You can read the book or not read the book, but this is, this is about your connection to, to them. And that's going to be different for everyone. That's going to be uh, very unique. And I, that's, that's very important to the book that I'm writing about intuitive storytelling and um, card readings. And so that invitation, I just am so grateful for and it's So it's, it's both humble and truthful uh, and sure of itself to, to offer that up to the, the reader, the viewer uh, in this regard. So I, I want to just genuinely thank you for that. Aww. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. I tend to be, I am someone who, if someone says you must do it this way, my first reaction is often why, even if that, you know, <laughs> because I, because I just am not, uh, there's, there's just too many perspectives and people and ideas and ways. And we just, the world is, there's so much gray in the world that when someone says it's, it's, it's black or white in anything, I am like, no, I have to think about that first before I trust it. And so that is of course the way I read cards as well. And the way that I hope that other people will, will, will do the same, you know, everything that we learn from other people, cause we can learn so much from, from other people. And I am, you know, always learning stuff from other people as well, but at the same time, everything that they say, it always goes through that critical filter, you know, that, that critical thinking, does this make sense? And this is, is this what's going to work for me? And so, yeah, that invitation is always, uh, I'm glad to see that happening more and more in the tarot world, to be honest with you. I think in the past there was kind of a, this is the right way. Like I still get questions from people who ask me things like, oh, I heard that I, I need to be gifted my first deck and I really want to read cards and like all of those rules that I think are just someone made them up so you can unmake them up, <laughs> but go buy yourself a deck. <laughs> That's right. And I, I'm so happy you're saying this thing about the black and the white, because I, as we see this increasing polarized viewpoint, especially, you know, being on social media and trying to post somewhere in between or a perspective, it just attacks from the extremes. And I think Tarot is really here as a tool to, to show the complexity and the nuances uh, and the deeper stories and the full stories that um, can come from each individual, multiple individuals, relationships, they're really revealed through these images um, and explorations that you can do intuitively, right? So absolutely, it's a great gift. I'm so glad the world is, you know, having all these versions of Tarot and having these conversations. And but yeah, you're right, those rules that kind of linger around. And, um, and that was a huge part of our podcast, too, right, Julianne, is that we wanted to kind of dispel the superstitions and the fears and the, the murkiness that was like, you have to do it A, B and C always. And um, these conversations, I think, really open up that those rigidities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, I, I think, our approach is understand the rules and understand the reason for them. Um, it's like the old adage, like, and we're in a Hierophant year. And I've been thinking about the Hierophant like a lot this year and kind of seeing where it's coming up and do you rebel just for rebellion's sake? Or do you kind of understand, oh, that would be why that is. And if you have that understanding, your own relationship with something is, it is then relationship. It's not just black or white, 
that's why these two things are there, but like I'm in the middle and what's the context. So that's where you're going to get the truth where it's coming through you and you're not simply going, well, they're wrong. It's like, well, no, understand the perspectives, understand the role, and then you can break it. But just breaking it because you don't understand it is not going to help anybody. And having animal perspectives, which you do in your guidebook is, is lovely because you've got, it is very uh, nuanced and layered because there's the tarot meaning that we've, you know, we've learned the classic, but there's also symbolism with the animal. Um, you've given some perspective with each card. There is a conversation with the animal, what the animal says. And um, I def I've worked with animal symbols since I was probably in high school. So there's a whole nother layer there of like, what is the nature of lizard? What is the nature of bear? And you can kind of take that with you if this, you know, if you've gotten what you needed from the card, it's there. But if something is pinging you, you follow that intuition to let me learn more about the nature of that animal and where they live and how they live. Um, and that can also, you know, they're just rich. There's so much there. You can take what you need, but if something's still pinging your intuition, there's plenty, there's plenty more that you can go to for information so absolutely that the guidebook for I found it really tough to write the guidebook for this deck because there's such limited space and that guidebook could have been 10 times as 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 long because you know going into the the nature of the animal and the tarot and then bringing in all of you know there was there was just there's so it's it could be a whole series of books. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I really had a hard time pulling that one back. Yeah, for sure. Were you forced to keep it into a tiny version or? Yes. Yeah. So that they were like, this is what sells maybe and, um, you know, time to contain, uh, contain it in the tiny book. I'm, I'm running it. I'm wondering if I'm going to run into that working on my own because yeah. it's not, it's not a tiny <laughs> And there's so much wisdom, right? You can't encapsulate. And um, that must have been very difficult. It, Yeah, for sure. And that happened with all of the decks with um, when you're working with a publisher, because they sort of have a, and they have this whole other side of it where they know how much space it needs to take up on a bookshelf or how many boxes have to fit in a certain you know, how many decks have to fit in a box in order to ship to a certain place. And so, you know, I, you are really constrained and this was the first one that I didn't do as an independent creator first. My other decks, I did my own indie version. I wrote the book I wanted, and then I pulled it back and condensed it. You know, and so there, there's so much, there's there's so much value in both because some people don't want ten pages on one card. There's a lot of people that just want the, you know, they want the two concise pages. Give me what I need, and then they're going to do all. And some people don't even read the guidebook. You know, <laughs> there's a lot right, of people that right. will never read the guidebook at all. <laughs> And that's great too. So yeah. yeah, so for me as the creator, this one was the first time that I have worked with the publisher first and didn't do my own version. So that was a whole new experience knowing that right from the get-go, I had to be really concise and I'm not, I'm pretty verbose. Like I write and I'm wordy and I like to write poetically and I like a lot of adjectives. And so really pulling them all out right from the get-go, I felt like those poor, some of those poor, little curious creatures had so much more to say. <laughs> they'll, they'll open up uh, directly into the souls of the people who 
can converse with them, I'm sure. One million percent, yes. <laughs> and the, um, so your deck is also unique in that you have two fool cards and, you know, the fool is very special to us. That's how we got started on our journey, right? It was the fool's journey. And we thought, you know, we don't have to be perfect. We can show up press record and totally be like fools talking about tarot archetypes. And um, so this is a deck close to our hearts because we've got two fools here. One looks like it's the zero fool. The other one's the infinite fool, the 2.0. Uh, tell us about this decision um, ab about the, the dual fools. You know, it's, um, I fell in love with the idea of the dog you know, because the one of them has the actual, it's the only card that just has an animal, the dog kind of this playful puppy sort of energy that the fool that the fool embodies, but also for the deck that, that I wanted people to kind of feel like they were jumping off and going on this journey and being kind of silly because he's jumping off the uh, jumping off the cliff and he's looking at us and he's like, oh, like that puppy smile, right? This sort of silliness. But I also needed the human animal, which would have been like that, you know, the dog head on the human body. And I did both cards. I loved them both. And then really, you know, I was just thinking about the, the majors and the way some decks will have the fool at the end of the majors and some will have it at the beginning because it is this kind of, you, you get to the world and then it's time to start a new journey again. And I really wanted to highlight that, that sense of, you know, we can always start new journeys and, then I started really thinking, well, where is the one fool? Because I thought I was going to do one fool. Where will it go? Will it potentially go at the end of the arc, at the, at the end of the majors, just to have this really highlight that playfulness and that that idea that we can just jump off the cliff, you know, like we're, we're never done, right? I really wanted to highlight that sense of we're never done growing. And um, And I started feeling into that. And I realized that in my own mind, the fool that comes at the end of the world felt slightly different than the fool that comes at the beginning. And I was wondering why that is, you know, and one is sort of this, well, I've completed this, this journey, but there's this, it just felt like there was a slight nuance where one is, okay, here we go again. And one is, well, I've never, ever done this before. Mm. And so I wanted to bring both of those fool energies in. And then, of course, because one is the actual animal and one is the humanimal animal, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> um, I, I was, you know, I was like, well, which one should be first? Because in my mind, you know, is the human more involved than the animal? I don't really believe that. But it just made sense in the flow of the deck to have the little dog first and then the actual humanimal dog as the full 2.0 at the end of the nature's. Yeah. I love it. And it made complete sense. Like I didn't even have to question it. And then I was talking with Sandera and I'm like, well, that's us. We're kind of, I feel like we're the fool 2.0 with our endeavor with this podcast. And there is, you know, such a thing as a wise fool, you know, yes. who's, you've been through all the things um, and yet you're still willing to jump off a cliff again or um, as I like to talk about with pool, sometimes it's not your own choice. Frequently, it's like you've been swept off the cliff, mm -hmm. um, but the fool 2.0 still has that like, whoa, here we go again. And they, they don't have a handle on the situation, but they know that it's okay not to have a handle on the situation. Absolutely. There's so, a little bit there, right? A little more um, 
little more experience to kind of be okay with not knowing, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and there's still innocence. And I think that is uh, something in our modern world in it. And there's something very innocent about your, your deck. And um, I'm trying to remember who said it, but innocence is the ability to be found by the world. That is so important. It's so easy to get cynical and you know, like, oh, I've seen this before. So anything that kind of brings that back and reminds us of, and it's being found by the world, but being found by ourselves as well. So yeah, I think you've, the timing of releasing this deck, I think is marvelous for us as we're dealing with all of the things that we've got to deal with now trying to find ourselves again <laughs> collectively for sure i love that i've never heard that, that 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 innocence is being found by the world and that is um hmm, it's gonna give me something to journal about <laughs> oh well you're welcome i wish i could i wish i could remember who said it it could be david white the poet it could be but we'll I, look it I, up we will post it in our I am, information i'm famous i am famous for like there's a great quote no idea who said it. <laughs> Pretty much every podcast has like, a, I know this thing. I'm sorry, whoever said it. Or, so, uh, speaking of journaling, your your whole guidebook really has opportunities for people to reflect and journal on the images that they're seeing, and I, I appreciated that. It was right from the get go, and then for each card, you have questions and uh, windows, and I think there's a little cute quote in here about notice that um as you looked at me that the frame of the card is not unlike a doorway so you you're offering these doorways into personal reflection that i think are really rich because i, I usually kind of rebel against journal prompts but th these ones were grabbing me and i i had a life situation and i did your guide guidance spread and i found it it just it just brought so much clarity and it actually led to action uh, in addressing a, a, a personal relationship that needed to be uh, addressed. So, um, and I, I just want to share what the questions are for each card because I felt they were really handy for a tarot spread. So the first one is, um, could you give me the tough love about my situation? And I love that. It's just an invitation for like, Okay, just just give me the skinny, the full skinny. You know what <laughs> what is really going on here? Don't spare my feelings. Don't sugarcoat it. You know, just give. What do I need to look at in the situation? And then the second card uh, asks for compassion. Uh, could you give me some compassion? And uh, that that's the wonderful flip side. It's not sugarcoated, but it's it's a way to open that doorway into your heart and be like, okay, you know, what's what's a deeper part of this story that I need to connect with um, socially, emotionally, you know. Uh, and then the third one is what what's the outcome that we will that we will walk toward. And then uh, there's a fourth card. I rebelled against the spread. I didn't do the fourth card, but it was uh, where where should I focus my energy? So that could be even more information if you want it. Um, and then you can put your guide card down there to help converse with all of the other cards. This is a great spread. Uh, and I just really felt that I was able to, and of course, like always happens with the tarot for me, the, the absolutely perfect cards fell into the perfect places. And I was able to see shadow aspects of myself in the first card as well as you know 
recognizing what I felt towards the other person. The second card opened up a compassion towards the person I was having some hard feelings about. And the third one, um, it was just such a perfect card. Where is it? It was, it was another seal. No, it was the otter, the star. Um, where did she go? Oh yes, right here. So there's just this serenity and connection to the divine and connection with the deepest wisdom within herself. This otter, otter was perfect medicine for the whole situation. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling all of these things, but in the end, this is what I want to do. So I reached out to the person and we had a conversation and all is resolved now. And I, I've, the, the cards helped me to gather those energies and courage really in myself to, to, to have spark that difficult conversation. So I know I'm speaking all in vague terms, that. but uh, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so nice. You know what? I love when people, you know, it's so, it's just so beautiful it's such a beautiful testament to the power of tarot to be able to like have have something that's a situation with a relationship put put some cards on the table and then immediately be able to take action and have something resolved and that's that is the beauty of tarot isn't it we just get this like wisdom from it and it's you know is it from the cards is it from our higher self is it from the guides is it for i don't know depends on, yeah. on on the person but it's just it's such a beautiful testament to the art of tarot and the craft of tarot to be able to have immediately resolved that i'm so happy to hear that and i'm happy for you yeah it's so it's wonderful well they work you know that i, I can I, at least for me i can say that you know i i, I tried them out and they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's good news they're wonderful <laughs> that's um, like one of sorry, go ahead no i was just saying it's I can imagine somebody who, you know, I mean, there aren't that many stores left, but, you know, to walk in your local metaphysical bookstore and was like, can you give me a tarot jack that works? <laughs> you know, I'm sure that happens all the time. Like this one's broken. It's giving me bad news, you know, and I want one that works. I so we're just going to say that the, the tarot curious creatures it's a deck that works. You like that. How's your marketing? It's they've, a deck they've, that works. They've been tested. They've been <laughs> you, can't, you can't break them. They're, they're animals for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. They're human animals. What did you call them? Human animals. Yes. Human animals. A... <laughs> I love that. I adore that. I didn't, I didn't make it up. I was out um, when I was thinking about doing the deck and I had two or three cards only. And I went out for lunch with a friend, uh, I'm in a fairly new city or a new place for us. We've just not, the, the place is not new, but we recently moved here. Got you. <laughs> and, um, and was just out for lunch with someone that I recently met and said, you know, I'm doing this thing. And, and I, I didn't know it at the time, but she is a giant human animals fan. Like she was just, oh my goodness. I love that. I love it. And she said, I love human animals. And I didn't know that that was a word <laughs> until, wow, she, and so I didn't coin it, I'm sure. I don't know who did, but it's a word that I've adopted for sure for this deck because it is exactly what they are. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. They're lovely. One of the, um, one of the things that, that I did with that spread that you were, that you were speaking about, Cindera, was the, the way that I love to use cards is always using that, like, whether it's the guide card in, in this deck or a guide card in any deck that, that any of any of your listeners um, 
have. You know, you could really do this with any deck where you pick a guide and you pick a card that's special to you. And I will do this for a lot of spreads, especially when it comes to working on myself. You know, sometimes we, it's so easy to read for other people and it's a little bit more difficult sometimes to get, to get the information for ourselves. And so I will do this in a lot of different ways where I will actively pick certain cards and it depends on the spread and that spread, it was just put your guide out and they can help us to interpret the other cards. That's really helpful. You know, when the card characters, when you can have this information seemingly coming from a third party, it's just so much more relevant somehow because we feel like we're not making it up. <laughs> it's like we're one step removed from that, from that process. But I'll also do it when I'm looking for, you know, whether it's goals or wondering about a certain situation or, or especially it works really well when it's, you know, where I am and where I want to be. And I'll pick, I'll, I will go through the deck and actively choose a card. Well, this card represents where I want to go. So I'll put it out and then, okay, let's pick a card for where I am. And then I'll randomly pick the one in the middle and let them have a conversation. There's just so much illuminated in that type of of card pull where you actively pick a few of the cards to have the conversation that needs to be had. I think that's probably, I don't know of anyone else that puts that into their guidebooks or that pulls cards that way, but I do find it so incredibly useful. So I've started to write it into the guidebooks. You know, you can choose a card here to have that, that, that conversation about the whole spread and you can get some really unique wisdom from the deck that way. I love it. That, and that is basically the heart of active imagination in yes. the Jungian sense where you are, you know, having that, letting that conversation happen that needs to happen. And frequently that's all that needs to happen. You know, like that is information that is sitting there waiting for you. And you're just giving yourself the gift of opening it up and the cards are incredibly useful for that. And then you'll, you'll still have, uh, I think ways to go back and get more from it so i'm a big believer in that ping of intuition of like why am i afraid of crows or whatever it is you know why why am i why is there a little like you know there's a little shadow element or there's something there that's like i don't know but it's like oh it's an animal and there's there's something in there that you can wait for later you know it's sitting there it's waiting for you it'll show up again if you're ignoring it <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this has been utterly delightful. I know we've kind of reached um, over an hour, but we could talk for even more. Um, thank you so much for your contribution. Do you have anything else that you want to share before we, before we have to say aloha? You know, I just thank you so much for, for inviting me on your podcast. Congratulations for 10 years. That is a giant, giant milestone in the podcast world. And I'm just, I feel... Yeah. I feel honored to be able to be here with you guys and celebrate that with that with you. That's just, yeah, phenomenal. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. We, we received that and we are incredibly chuffed that we're like, we've got Chris Ann on the podcast. Aww. We got Chris Ann on the podcast. For we sure. can all fangirl on one another. We can fangirl. Happy. That's right. <laughs> we're fangirling 100%. <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's like my, one of my teachers, Jean Houston, used to say, you know, now is the time and we are the people and it's even better when we all get together. Right. Absolutely. Now is the time and we are the human animals. We're here. We are the human animals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris Ann. And we hope, we hope to see you for your next deck, perhaps. 
I can't wait to see what you got in the works. Or maybe we should come for acupuncture. Maybe that's a point. <laughs> Thank you so much. Aloha to you, Christian. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We know that you could have done something else with the last 47 minutes of your life, but we're so glad that you spent it with us. Connect with Chris Ann on Instagram. Her handle is at Pixie Curio, and her website is chris-ann.com. And that's Ann with an E. And the, just so you know, the Tarot of Curious Creatures is going to be available November 2nd, and you can pre-order it on her website or all the usual places that you get your tarot decks. And as always, you can stay in touch with us. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Tarot Podcast. Our email is tarotpodcast at gmail.com. And now, drum roll, please, both Sundara and I are on Clubhouse. More about shenanigans there soon. And just so you know, this episode is sponsored by Free Range Priestess on Etsy. You'll find unconventional rosaries, quirky prayer beads, jewelry, and more. The website is freerangepriestess.com. And on Etsy, just search for Free Range Priestess. And big, ginormous, huge mahalos and thanks going out to our patrons, Joro, Peter, Janet, Richard, Juniper, and Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. We appreciate our patrons and their support so, so much. And if you are curious about how you can be one of the cool people and the great benefits of being a patron, just go to tiny.cc slash tarot podcast. This podcast is produced by Both And Media, and our theme music is by The Lunar Group. Ahuiho, until next time. <laughs>